baby, you know what that sound means. It's time for The Edge with Terry Waldrop on ESPN 97.7. Terry talks about all the hottest topics in sports every single weekday from 9 to 10 a.m. He's controversial, he's charismatic, and he's the captain of this ship for the next hour. Here's your host, Terry Waldron. Whoa, baby. <laughs> Sorry, it's Mark Kramer and Jamie Foxx. <laughs> Is that how you greeted? Is that how your wife greeted you this morning? No. <laughs> no, okay. Well, boy, it's a... Someone's looking forward to tonight, the NBA draft or something. Yeah, right. Somebody's getting fired up about just about anything. Welcome to The Edge here on ESPN 97.7. Again, Mark Kramer and Jamie Fox with you again this morning, and we will be here uh, tomorrow and all of next week as well as Terry is over in Hawaii. It was nice to hear from him yesterday as he called in from the islands at at 4.45 a.m. in the morning over in Honolulu. Uh, as well, he baby, said, that's awfully early to get up. <laughs> well, I thought it was interesting, Jamie, because he he's right. Uh, having been in, in uh, Maui a couple of times, if you go work out, if the, where you're staying has a workout facility of any kind, you can always tell the people from the mainland that have only been there one or two days because you can go literally at 4 or 4.30 in the morning and there's tons of people in there. And uh, they're all just wide awake, you know, ready to go and it's only 4 or 4:30. Uh, still trying to adjust to the time change. So, uh, he's absolutely right. Uh, you don't see many of the uh people that actually live there uh, at that kind of a, at that kind of a venue, but the mainlanders that are still adjusting are definitely there. Oh, no doubt about it. So, uh I assume the uh in order to get your uh get that morning pump on, you have to run by McDonald's and get your uh Get your spam, spam. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, get your spam fix to be able to and a power aid, and yes. your uh, what did he uh, Portuguese sausage? Oh my goodness! Also, um, to, that's also on the menu over in Hawaii at McDonald's. So well, I think I'll skip the Portuguese sausage. Yes. Well, we got a great show today. Again, uh, welcome. However, you're listening to us, and wherever you're listening to us, uh, we appreciate you joining us this morning here on the Edge. Our uh, sponsors: Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital, U.S. 165 North of Monroe. His number is 318-345-4545. The best pet care anywhere on the planet. Not just here, but on the planet. And Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney at law. He is a tremendous North-based, North Louisiana-based attorney specializing in criminal defense, wrongful death, personal injury. Don't delay. Call Bobby today. 318-342-1400. One, one. And, of course, get us, as always, on the Washita Valley Credit Union hotline or text line, 888-993-7762. One of the highlights of the show today, Andrew Juge that you hear a lot on the sports company. Uh, Andrew will join us this morning at 930 at the bottom of the hour. So if you have any questions, one thing I always like to do when he's on the on the sports company, if, if you have any questions for Andrew, uh, go ahead and text them in to us, uh, any Saints questions, and uh, we'll shoot them at him uh, when we have him on at 930. So if you uh, have something we w- you want us to ask him, just go ahead and give it to us on the text line, and we'll save it and then give it to Andrew uh, when he comes on. Also want to mention, uh, and we've got to get there pretty soon, Jamie, Pyworks 
gourmet pizza by design. Go see Jay and everybody oh, over there at Tower Drive next to Nukes in Monroe. And uh, as I always do, I recommend the spice, if you can handle it, because it's pretty spicy. The spicy sausage, spicy Italian sausage. Is well, you my, have to have a nice adult beverage to wash. Yeah, is my pizza apparently. is my pizza. Well, I get the sweet tea, but uh, oh, there you go. The sweet is tea good. is also excellent at Pie Works. <coughs> Excuse me. So uh, anyway, we have Andrew Juge at nine thirty uh, from the SaintsNation.com, and and uh, I'll get him to uh, uh, lament a little bit with the Saints. Of course, they were then been at the Greenbrier for a long time, <laughs> and. Andrew actually lives in Virginia, so he doesn't. He it didn't take him very long to get to the Greenbrier, so he was our kind of reporter, you know, on the spot. He actually went to spring um, to fall camp last year. I think actually last three years, if I'm not mistaken, and he's actually given us live uh, reports actually from camp, uh, which was a really nice insight that we didn't normally have. And uh, so with them switching back to Metairie this year, uh, unfortunately, he won't be able to go. So I know it's bumming him out. So I'm <laughs> get his thoughts on not being able to go to Saints camp this year as well. Um, want to get to uh, want to get to a subject we talked about yesterday, J- Jamie, and we had some great text yesterday about the length of seasons and the interest yes. and all of that in in uh, those kinds of those kinds of um, uh, statistics and what they mean and does it really mean anything one of the other things extension that i wanted to start with today on that is that you can't judge uh, we mentioned it briefly but so many people want to judge the health of a sport by their tv ratings and you can't that's too much of a small sampling for just playoffs something like that you have to if you're going to use that as a gauge as to health of a sport you've got to judge that all the way across the board from the beginning of the season all the way through just judging tv ratings of playoffs or the final game whether it's the super bowl or the finals or the world series or the stanley cup uh, finals in hockey uh, or even the World Cup, for that matter, even though the World Cup only happens every few years, um, by just what the TV ratings are in the finals, because so many people, uh, so many people do that, and uh, it's not. I don't. I've never thought that it's really a good gauge of what's healthy and what's not. Yeah, I think too, Mark. To to your point, I think you're talking about so many different size markets as well. And I uh, think that's more to your point why you have to look at that statistic over a season-long uh, projection that uh, you start at a certain uh, point A and then to get to point Z, for example, uh, looking at it in different markets over an extended period of time, um, how that works out. Of course, we, we did bring up that so much of the NBA is corporate-driven, uh, and then it probably holds the case to some extent in baseball, uh, as well, um, but I think it, it really, as far as our point was, how do you how do you maintain interest even in a large metropolitan area over a 162 game schedule, or in the NBA's case, an 82 game schedule? 
Yeah, I have a programming note, too, I want to throw out there with, uh, of course, we want to mention LSU had a big win last night against Florida State, and uh, they will will play tomorrow uh, in game one against Oregon State. The sports company will start tomorrow at 11 a.m. Wow. So uh, you can have uh, brunch with the sports company and Sean Fox uh, tomorrow. And then uh, the LSU game, pregame, and the game will follow that. If they do what they normally do, if they end up playing twice, if LSU wins the first game, I know they have to play twice. I don't know if the game, and I haven't looked at the schedule, I don't know if the game is following that and they play two tomorrow. It'd be Saturday, John just told me. It'd be Saturday. So they have to play. So they would only play one game tomorrow. Well, I hope so because I don't know if I can can watch – eight or nine hours of, of uh, Kramer Robertson's hair again. Uh, that yeah, that was, was uh, pretty brutal. Oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe, it, I guess because they won, it worked. But uh, then they did switch to mom up in the stands, and I thought, well, my goodness, it's uh, you know, Kramer Robertson looks like a, a bad drag queen here. But it, it but he, he was going <laughs> after the mom look there. And uh, and he did kind of resemble Kim a little bit. Uh but uh, there you have it. Apparently, blonde hair is, is the way to uh, to get the sticks right. But uh, I, to John's point, I think uh, LSU is that is that a one o'clock first pitch or a twelve o'clock first pitch tomorrow? I'm not sure. But uh, we'll have it here on ESPN ninety seven point seven. Two o'clock. And then of course two o'clock first pitch uh, here on ninety seven point seven. And then of course a uh, little pregame will probably start at one thirty with Chris Blair. And then again, I guess they turn around and do it again if LSU. Is fortunate to win Friday, uh, which is a very tall task. Then they have to turn around and try to do it again Saturday. Yeah, and this is where your pitching is tested. One thing also uh, that I've uh, been able to nail down uh, tomorrow, we'll also have a guest tomorrow, and we've been talking about it, uh, Jamie, and you and I and, uh, and our good buddy Warren Guerrero. We've had these mm-hmm. discussions uh, at breakfast about the challenges – that face college baseball coaches that other college coaches and other sports don't have to deal with, and that is losing recruits either by mm-hmm. the high school level or your own players or even a junior college player from time to time, depending on what their JC status is and whether they're draftable or not. You could have your whole recruiting class set, you think, and the uh, – Major League Draft can completely turn your recruiting class upside down uh, and also unexpectedly maybe having a player that had a good year that you weren't expecting to do well get drafted and they end up signing and you lose players that way. It's All of that is something that the other coaches don't have to deal with uh, as far as recruiting is concerned. And Lane Burroughs, the head coach at Louisiana Tech, will join us tomorrow morning at 9.30 uh, to talk about those challenges and the fact of them having so few scholarships to have to spread around. So we'll get some really good insight from the horse's mouth tomorrow uh, from Lane Burroughs from Louisiana Tech as he'll join us to uh, talk about uh, those kinds of challenges. And Lane is really good. I've had some conversations with him, of course, and he's really good about uh, being able to explain stuff like that to where you know the average joe can understand uh, what's going on what they have because there are a lot of 
and this is one thing you and I talked about, Jamie, there's a lot of misconceptions out there mm-hmm. uh, about who's signable, how much, you know, how much of a scholarship they get. Uh, so many people see in the newspaper, John Smith signed with, and that's the key phrase, John Smith signed with Northwestern State or McNeese or, or whoever. In a lot of people's minds, they automatically think that they see that word signed, that phrase signed with, they think that they got a scholarship or a full scholarship or whatever. And, you know, most of the time, especially in baseball, most of the time that's not the case. Uh, Just because you sign with somebody doesn't necessarily mean that you got, you know, more than 5% sometimes or 10% or whatever. Uh, so anyway, Lane's really good at all that, and so we'll be able to pick his brain tomorrow morning and uh, get all that explained. So that'll be uh, a great guest that we'll have tomorrow at 9.30. Let's go ahead and take our first break. When we return, unwritten rules in sports. <laughs> okay. What do you hate? <laughs> unwritten rules in sports. Hate them, love them, which ones, what sport? Give them to us, 888 888- Nine nine three seven seven six two. Want to remind everybody that GB Cooley reminds us to support our worthwhile causes in North Louisiana, and that's Louisiana Special Olympics. Back on the edge right after this. If you could talk to your animal when they say. They're telling you to take me to North Monroe Animal Hospital. Listen closely, and you'll hear what Dr. David Weber hears. That's a thank you for taking me to North Monroe Animal Hospital. For your animal's health care, call Dr. David Weber at North Monroe Animal Hospital, 345-4545. No animal too small or too large. Well, you better call Dr. Weber first on that one, 345-4545. Special Olympics of Northeast Louisiana provides athletic competition and year-round sport training for children and adults with intellectual disabilities. It gives them the opportunity to develop fitness, demonstrate courage, and experience the joy of competing. For more information, go to www.laso.org or call 1-800-345-6644. On a big truck's journey, the driver faces long hours, unrealistic deadlines, and fatigue. Driver fatigue could lead to devastating accidents, leaving people seriously injured or killed. A big truck wreck requires serious legal help. I'm attorney Bobby Manning. If you've been involved in a wreck with a big truck, I know what to do for you. Don't delay. Call me today. Attorney Bobby Manning, office in Monroe. Call 324-1411. New car sales have been really good at J. Mallard Ford Lincoln in Jonesboro. And of course, that means they're now loaded with trade-ins. A good inventory of clean, late model, pre-owned cars and trucks. They've got one to fit your budget with many priced under $10,000. And most qualify for their convenient buy-here-pay-here plan. Look at the entire inventory online at jmallardford.com to find the one you like best. J. Mallard Ford Lincoln in Jonesboro. I want to tell you about my friends at North Monroe Animal Hospital. Specializing in all medical and surgical care for small animals and even providing a boarding service. My friend, Dr. David Weber and his staff are always my choice 
for my animals, it should be yours as well. Located conveniently at 4300 Starlington Road, which is 165 North, you can reach out to them at 345-4545. That's 345-4545. Tell them you heard it here on ESPN 97.7, North Monroe Animal Clinic, the official animal care provider of Terry Waldrop and the Edge. A home is your comfort, your shelter. It's a place where you grow and become. I always wanted that for us. A backyard to play in. A front porch to call ours. A home we could be proud of. Because of Washita Valley Federal Credit Union, we were able to have it. Washita Valley Federal Credit Union, making good things happen. Terry Waldrop is back and better than ever. Hit Terry up at 888-993-7762 to join in on all the fun. Better than ever. That's right. The Edge here on ESPN 97.7. It's better because Jamie Foxx is on the show. Uh, no, not really. It's probably better because Terry Waltrip is on a two-week hiatus, and we are all able to come up for air and not worry about the FCC breathing down our necks. So, but Terry, uh, so asked anyway. me, Terry asked me before he left, he said, well, what do you guys talk about and stuff? And I said, well, one thing that you can be assured of while you're gone, I said, we'll have a lot of fun at your expense. So, yes, <laughs> so we're, holding up our, we're holding up our end of the bargain for sure. One of those, uh, also want to mention our great sponsor, Spa Nouvelle. They're on Lammy Lane in Monroe, 807-1060. Pamper the special people in your life, and they do an absolutely great job of that. I've been there before. and You uh, have? Oh, yeah. do tell. Well, no, remember, I, I got a gift. I said the other day, I got I got about a couple of years ago, I got a gift certificate. And okay. Went, and uh, it was fantastic. So Yeah, they, they, they do a do, great job. Yeah, they do pamper you, so. Go buy and get a gift certificate and give it as a anniversary or birthday, any of those kind of special occasions, and they'll fix you up at Spa Nouvelle. Okay, unwritten rules in sports. This is this is open season on this because uh, they're still talking about the Anthony Rizzo slide the other night uh, into home plate that ended up running the catcher over and uh, and hurting the catcher uh, physically hurting hurting the catcher and um, then the San Diego Padres manager comes out to the just appalled and dismayed of all the baseball purists uh, because when Anthony Rizzo came up not last night but the night before he was the leadoff he's the leadoff hitter for the Cubs he comes up to the plate and everybody's saying oh man they're gonna drill him you know the, the night before he hurt the catcher uh, with a, a less than uh, uh, less than legal slide, and actually, if you go back and watch the video, he didn't really hit the guy on purpose. He actually had a bad slide. He started sliding too late. He couldn't decide whether he wanted to slide to the back of the plate. I don't think he want, could decide whether he wanted to go head first or slide feet first, and he was indecisive. And by the time he decided to slide. 
he was almost on home plate. So he kind of ended up doing like a half slide and ended up having to just he ran ended up running in uh, from the waist up pretty much running into the catcher and knocking him down and uh, he ended up getting hurt uh, the catcher did on the play but so everybody's going oh you know tomorrow they're going to drill Anthony Rizzo the first time he comes up he's going to get one right in the ribs because you know that's what baseball that's what baseball does and he comes up and the he's the leadoff guy in the game. And he comes up and they don't throw at him. And all oh, everybody's all up in arms. Uh, you know, and then after the game, the San Diego manager says, um, in his sound bite, the manager says, I don't believe in all that stuff. He said, All I would be doing is putting a runner on base. He said, I'm here to try and win ball games. He said not to uh, you know, throw it have somebody thrown at because we had an incident, you know, a play the night before. He said, first of all, uh, I'm trying to win baseball games. He said, I'm putting a runner at first base for absolutely no reason at the beginning of the game. You know, does it seem like I'm, you know, being a really good manager and standing up for my players if the uh, if I have the guy thrown at and he gets on first base? at the beginning of the game and the guy behind him hits a two run Homer and we lose two to nothing or two to one. Do I look smart then? That was his whole line of thinking by not uh, throwing and uh, drilling at Anthony Rizzo at the beginning of the game, uh, the next day. And so, and what does, what does Anthony Rizzo do? He leads off the game with a home run. Ouch. Um, <laughs> Okay, Mark, uh, this is the Padres, right? Padres, Padres and, Cubs. and the Cubs, yes. All right, so Rizzo's uh, apparently uh, using bad form, uh, sliding into home, and injures the Padres catcher. Okay, uh, not intentional, perhaps. Let me tell you what was intentional. The, and then, the, I'm going to date myself, and I'm going to date you, but we do that anyway. The All-Star game where Pete Rose runs into Ray Fossey. Now that 1970 All Star Game. Thank you. That is trying to take a guy out, and it did. I think Fossey's career was basically done after that. Yeah, and he was Rookie of uh, the Year too. Yeah, uh, Ray Fossey. If you ever get a chance to see this, I mean, this is Charlie Hustle. I mean, he has. There's no way he doesn't pass go. He doesn't collect two hundred dollars. He just annihilates. I mean, this. Well, is, if you go back, I, if you yeah. want to look at it, and you and you haven't seen it, our listeners, go back and just. Uh, YouTube, uh, uh, Pete Rose and Ray Fossey, that's F-O-S-S-E. He was the catcher for the Cleveland Indians. Uh, and go and just watch it because I think they also offer it in slow motion. And Pete Rose, as he always did, because he always slid head first, he was one of the first guys to do that, he would launch himself, not just going home, but when he slid into a bag, he actually left the ground. And he didn't, you know, kind of go down to his knees and slide in head first. He actually would launch himself like a missile and boom, hit the ground right before the bag and then slide in with his palm up so as to not get his fingers into the into the bag. And uh, that's what he did coming home. He just launched himself uh, and put his shoulder like he was tackling a tackling dummy into Ray Fossey. And uh, as you said, Ray Fossey's promising career was never the same. Yeah, and it—I uh, mean, there was there was no question that it was uh, Fossey was 
was uh, blocking the plate. I think the throw came in from the outfield, and and uh, as you said, Rose launched himself in this this epic, uh, you know, uh, collision at home plate. And uh, I don't know how. I don't think anything really came of that other than uh, Fossey. You know, back then it was considered that. You know, it was just part of the game. And uh, Fossey played a few more years, I believe, but basically he never really recovered from that. So. Uh, people need to lighten up a little bit on Anthony Rizzo um, because if you ever want to see uh, what is considered a bang-bang play at the plate, it would be Pete Rose, Ray Fossey, 1970 All-Star game. Well, and, the, and I think the, the biggest, the bigger issue here uh, and what the national media has been going so crazy about is was the San Diego manager, was he right in not throwing at Rizzo with the, again, the unwritten rule of baseball? Or was he wrong? And I've heard both sides, uh, even from former baseball players that are analysts on ESPN, and I've also heard both sides from those guys. And on the other side, they say, oh, no, how can that manager go into the clubhouse after not throwing at Rizzo and get the respect of his players. The guys won't realize or won't know that their manager has their back if something like this happens. Uh, that's the other side of it. Yeah, well, I just think it's, you know, maybe it's time to move past something like that. I don't I don't know if you could really say when you see that slide it's, it was indecision on Rizzo's part perhaps, but I don't think it was malicious in any way, shape, or form. And, and like uh, the manager said, why do I want to put a guy on base uh, I mean, you can't. How can you read into a tent, intent of someone uh, with with Fossey and Rose? You knew, yeah, <laughs> and right. It was just Rose trying to score. I mean, and basically he, the guys, the plate was blocked. Throw comes in for the outfield. Fossey positioned himself properly. Uh, Rose launched, and uh, you know, I think he. Uh, I wonder if that has anything to do with Pete Rose not being in the Hall of Fame right now. I don't know, but uh, anyway, uh, it, sometimes history gives us perspective, and uh, that is the ultimate. Uh, baseball bang bang play at the plate so are there any unwritten rules there used to be some in in a lot of in the other sports too uh i know in football now football this part of i love football and i love the nfl but this one part of it to me there's too much and, and again get us on the washita valley federal credit union 888-993-7762 there's too much kumbaya between players now you know, I hate to see these guys on opposite teams yucking it up together before the game when, like, receivers are catching passes and stuff like I don't like to see that. I don't know if it's the coach in me or what, but I don't want my guys over here, uh, you know, schmoozing with the opposing team before a game. I don't care if it's somebody you went to college with and they're your best friend. I don't want you doing that before the ball game. But there's too hmm. much of that. There's too much of this stuff in the NFL now, where uh, you know they don't have the uh, as much of a I don't know rivalry mentality. You know, guys used to take right or wrong. Again, this was like an unwritten rule. If there was a cheap shot, you know, you're talking again 60s and 70s. If if some guy on defense took a, sh a cheap shot at one of your players, you better be careful about what you're doing the rest of the game because there were times, and I mean, these guys would tell you openly in interviews and in, you know, in the public that, yeah, we tried to break his arm. 
I mean, they would break guys' legs and arms back in the day to retaliate for a guy cheap-shotting one of their players. They would actually try to hurt them on purpose and did. Uh, and that's uh, and I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying that, that then that was an unwritten rule in football that, you know, if, if one of your guys got cheap-shotted by somebody, that somebody was going to – Somebody was going to get put out of the ball game. These were the days before Indomitian Sue as well. So, and here's the thing: maybe I think the reason they're so uh, yucking it up before the game is they're they're probably all talking about how much each one's contract's worth. So, uh, as you indicated back meeting, in the day, when Butch, meeting in yes, Miami, <laughs> but yeah, we're going to have a we're going on going the yacht. Beckham. Yeah, they're going to go yeah. with Beckham down to uh, down to Miami. That's true. Yes. Well, uh, you know, nowadays it's just a. a, a gentler more uh natural time and i guess these guys uh you know but i don't you don't necessarily see that once the game begins i mean i think it's highly competitive i would would argue that the athleticism now is is much better than it was back then because the training and so forth nutrition all that is much better now but um i guess a lot of this uh mark i don't know maybe they fancy themselves as entertainers more so uh, as much as as athletic as an athlete so well i think a lot of the free, some of it i think a lot of the free agency has a lot to mm-hmm. do with it you know free agency also has a lot to do with fandom as well a lot of times people can't completely identify with the players and teams now because the, the guys switch teams so much you don't right. have the common core of players that stay on the same team, kind of like what we were talking about yesterday uh, when we were talking about the Cincinnati Royals and the old NBA who, when they had a, in, back in the sixties, they, when they had a regional draft where all of the guys that were on the teams were pretty much drafted from somewhere fairly, fairly local where they already had name recognition, somebody that the fans could identify with. And uh, you don't have as much of that. Uh, it's funny, uh, uh, have a text from uh, from Charlie, and he says, "Obviously, those things were before the All Star Game winner had home field advantage yeah, in baseball." Nice point, Charlie. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. And uh, he says, "Also, just a man that loved to win. Why I don't believe Rose ever threw a game." That's um, from Charlie. He he loved to win, but he loved to win at gambling too. I think. Let's go ahead and take a break. And when we return, Andrew Juge from the SaintsNation.com will join us and uh, get some questions to ask him, hopefully kind of not out of the ordinary a little bit, and get his thoughts on some of the media coverage of the Saints here lately since he also technically is in the media. And if you have a question for Andrew, uh, hit us up on the text line, 888-993-7762, and we'll ask Andrew the question for you. We'll be back with Andrew right after this. Johnny's Pizza House is counting calories this summer with our all-new Less Calories, Less Carbs, and Totally Crustless 8-Inch Pizza Bowl. That's right, a healthier option to that delicious Johnny's Pizza you can't live without. For a limited time, get an 8-inch pizza bowl from our specialty menu and a large 14-inch specialty pizza of your choice, both for just $19.99. Watch your weight and still enjoy the same great taste all summer long with the all-new Johnny's Pizza Bowl, only at Johnny's Pizza House. Let's share a slice. 
step into First Guarantee Bank and step up to fanatical banking. You'll feel like an all-star, whether you're tending to everyday banking, moving into that first mortgage, or looking for great CD rates. Whatever your financial needs, we're always ready to help. Welcome to First Guarantee Bank. Welcome to fanatical banking. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Yes, there is a beach festival, but with a few weather-related changes. No activities during the day Friday with the Friday night music, including the Chiwis, now at Memorial Gym at La Tech. Saturday arts and crafts will be inside the Civic Center and inside the Library Event Center. The parade's been moved to a 10 a.m. start on Saturday, and the dinosaurs will be at the library. Saturday's music, including Uncle Cracker, will be at Railroad Park as scheduled. For a complete list, go to the Z1075 or Peach993 Facebook pages. Hi, Kevin from High Tech. The latest cyber attack has already infected hundreds of thousands of computers in over 150 countries, brought down hospitals, railroads, banks, and even Federal Express right here in the U.S. Are you concerned that you may be vulnerable to the latest cyber attack? Then don't wait. Give us a call at 255-1110 and we'll provide guidance on how you can verify that you're secure. We also have checklists on our website at solutionsbyhitech.com or find us on Facebook. Premier is Farmerville's all-new Chevrolet Buick GMC dealer. That's right, the all-new Premier Chevy's here, and we're kicking off our grand opening with chilling and grilling. We're making smoking hot deals on a Premier selection of new and used cars and trucks, plus every buyer gets a free grill and a cooler. Now there's another great reason to come to Farmerville. The all-new Premier Chevy, Sterlington Highway in Farmerville, or shop us online at mypremierchevy.com. This is a cool place to buy a car. How does it feel? You're officially living on the edge. Hit Terry Waldrop up at 888-993-7762 and let him know. It's The Edge with Terry Waldrop on ESPN 97.7. Welcome back to The Edge. Mark Kramer and Jamie Foxx here with you. And and a good friend of ours from all of our shows that I know he lives on the edge all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And that's Andrew Jews from the SaintsNation.com. Good morning. Good to have you, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, glad for coming on, Mark. I tell you, I was definitely living on the edge last night watching uh, my LSU Tigers in the College World Series. So uh, uh, I've got kind of been locked in on that, but uh, obviously – Saints is what we do on the Saints Nation, so uh, obviously the focus with uh, training camp right around the corner, we're, we're certainly focused on that. Yeah, good thing for LSU last night. Got to get a quick get a quick opinion. Uh, what was your what was your take on the uh, Kramer Robertson hair? <laughs> uh, it wouldn't have been my first choice. Um, you know, I'll put it to you that way. Uh, but uh, you know, he looks like his mom. And, yes, uh, he does. Yes, absolutely. You know, he's got that going for him. Okay, well, one of the things I wanted to get to, and again, I, I appreciate you coming on in the mornings uh, for us. I wanted to kind of get a, a little different slants than we usually go to. I've been a little alarmed, uh, and I know, you know, technically we're all, including you, we're all in the media, so to speak, and we're all kind of thrown into the same pot sometimes, but... I found it interesting how even the new – I can understand the national media, but even how the kind of Baton Rouge, New Orleans media has also tried to, I don't know, put a little bit of a match on gasoline with the 
Adrian Peterson uh, situation with Ingram and how they keep kind of hammering away at that kind of at that relationship. The fact that Adrian Peterson has looked so good. Uh, of course, uh, Ingram didn't help himself uh, by the way he conducted himself at the end of last year on the sidelines. What is your take on how that not that part of it necessarily, but you can add that. But how is that? How do you feel about how that's being covered, even by the supposedly friendly uh, Saints media? Yeah, well, I think first of all, it's important to commend. Uh, Mark Ingram and Adrian Peterson both. I, I think they've handled this situation, uh, and, and you're right. I mean, at every single press conference, anytime there's a microphone in their face, that those are the kinds of questions being asked. And to their credit so far, uh, they've both said all the right things. They've been good teammates towards each other, uh, and they've been good you know, citizens, so to speak, for the franchise, for the organization. So um, th- that's encouraging, first and foremost. Um, secondly, I, I just think it's a wait-and-see thing. You know, I think the Saints have two good backs. Uh, if you include Alvin Kamara in there, I think they have three good backs, uh, three players that they're counting on this year. I expect the Saints to run the football a little bit more this year. You don't invest in your backfield and your offensive line like they did this offseason unless you're maybe thinking about, hey, Let's maybe not. Let's maybe try not to force Drew Brees to throw for 5,000 yards this season, and, and let's try to make a more of a concerted effort to have a successful running game that we can lean on, allowing Drew Brees to age a little bit more gracefully. As far as how the snaps play out and who gets to play more, I think that remains to be seen. I think it's important to remember that Adrian Peterson's an aging player uh, that's coming off a major injury, and so as great as he looks now, Nobody's been in pads and taken hits yet. Uh, everybody's been in shorts. And it's, Adrian Peterson's been around long enough. Uh, that's the old adage. Veterans always know how to look good in shorts uh, because they've been around long enough. They know when to hit the accelerator. They know when to back off. Uh, a lot of the young players are kind of full go the whole time and maybe sometimes burn themselves out for important drills where you want to look good. So. Uh, I, I expect Adrian Peterson to look great now. Uh, once he starts to take a few hits on the knees, uh, who knows how that will react and how he looks. So we'll have to see. Now, if Adrian Peterson is, ends up being half as good as everyone thinks and says that he's going to be, uh, if, if the hype machine is, is, is true, uh, then I think you start to wonder, do the Saints scale back with Mark Ingram a little bit? Do they lean on Peterson a little bit more? Um, but the reality is, at his age, he needs to be on a snap count. Um, and same with Ingram. Ingram's had some injuries in his in his history as well with the Saints. And certainly, you want him to be healthy for a 16 game season, and you want him, if you make the playoffs, to be available at that point. So, uh, I think it's a good problem to have when you have good backs. And listen, the Saints' backfield has always been a back by committee thing. Uh, since Mark Ingram was a rookie, uh, he's always had to share the backfield, whether it was Chris Ivory, Kyrie Robinson, uh, Tim Hightower, you name it, uh, Reggie Bush, Pierre Thomas. I mean, there, there's been plenty of guys that have had to share the, the, the load in the backfield for the Saints. It's never been about one guy. Um, and so Peterson just comes in for Tower, I think, and uh, he's another guy in the backfield that will have to carry, carry and, and share the load with other guys. Andrew, the Nick Fairley situation, uh, of course, we haven't had a definitive answer on that. Uh, he sought a third opinion. 
Uh, of course, everybody's kind of waited with bated breath on that. Um, mm-hmm. The Saints recently brought in Tony McDaniel. Um, mm-hmm. If Fairley is indeed ruled out, um, do you anticipate the Saints making any moves along that defensive line, say, for instance, making a, a trade for Sheldon Richardson of the, of the Jets, or do you think they're pretty happy with who they have in camp? Yeah, never say never, uh, but I think acquiring a, a guy like Richardson would, would – would need to mean that they part ways with a high draft pick. And, uh, you know, obviously with uh, the trade that they made during the draft uh, to get Alvin Kamara, they don't have a second-round pick already next year. So I don't think the Saints are going to want to be in the business uh, to give up more of their 2018 draft picks when they're already out of second-round picks. So uh, I don't know how realistic that is. Now, there's a lot of options in-house when you look at it should – the unfortunate happen and Nick Fairley have to call it a day due to this heart condition. Uh, you have in Tyler Davison a run-stuffing, promising defensive tackle that really stepped up last year and made that leap from rookie to second-year player where he's kind of become an established, promising, and quality NFL player. Uh, you've got a really promising second-year player in David Onyemata uh, who can come in on pass rushing downs. He, he's got the size. He's got the the ability, the quickness uh, to be a disruptive force on pass rushing down. So I think he's a guy that will absolutely come in and try to help. Uh, You mentioned Tony McDaniel, obviously a veteran who uh, has played very well for years in the NFL, played pretty well last year. So uh, there might still be a little bit of tread on the tires with him. Um, And then, of course, Sheldon Rankins, who the Saints will be counting on even more so uh, if Fairley's out. Um, So, yeah, like you said, we're kind of waiting with bated breath on this Fairley situation. Certainly – uh, I don't think there's any question this defense is much better if he comes back and he's playing. Andrew, I want to go back to your comment about uh, you know Drew Brees hopefully not having to throw for 5,000 yards. But one thing that I think is being overlooked a little bit, and I heard Adrian Peterson say it early on in some of his early pressers, and that is the fact that, hey, you know, when I was with Brett Favre, I caught almost 500 yards in passing passing yards out of the backfield uh Mm -hmm. the better not only the running game itself with both of those guys running if both of them are healthy and effective but the fact of how effective adrian peterson is as a receiver out of the backfield that should just uh open things up even more for drew Brees to uh, not only have more weapons to deal with but also to keep uh, a lot of the heat off of him so he's not getting banged up. That's a great point, Mark. And I think if you were to look back at the 2011 season, I think that's probably the season where the Saints threw the most uh, of any year uh, that Sean Payton will, you know, and as far as the Sean Payton offense, maybe 2012, they threw a little bit more than that even. Um, but in 2011, uh, the Saints had a terrific offense. They were throwing the football a lot. Uh, but the difference sometimes is where those targets go. And you look at that year in particular, yes, they were throwing the football a lot, but Darren Sproles was number two, I think, in targets. He might have been number one or he was number two to Jimmy Graham that year. Uh, But that really is an extension of the run game. When you're throwing a lot of screen passes to Pierre Thomas and you're lining Darren Sproles all over the field and getting him involved with quick, short throws, uh, it really it's high percentage. Uh, You're getting him one-on-one with the linebacker where if he makes the guy miss, he has the potential to take it to the house. And 
Drew Brees isn't taking hits because he's getting the ball out so quickly. So a lot of the disadvantages of passing where you say from a percentage standpoint, maybe it's a little bit higher risk or um, you know, there's, a, there's a higher chance of an incomplete pass. I, I didn't really feel that with the, that style of offense. Um, and the way that Darren Sproles was integrated into the offense. And so when you look at Alvin Kamara, who I think is going to be a terrific receiving back for, for the Saints, but also what Mark Ingram and Adrian Peterson can do for you in the passing game, I fully agree with you that this isn't only about running the football more. It's also about maybe getting the ball out of the hand of Drew Brees a little bit quicker, uh, higher efficiency, shorter throws, and targets to the running backs. If you look at last year, the top four targeted receivers were Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas, Willie Sneed, and Kobe Fleener. So the top four guys in terms of targets last year were, all down were not run right. They they were not running backs, and that forces Breeze to hold the football longer, survey the field, make run through his progressions, um, kind of bringing that Sproles element back to this offense a little bit. Uh, like I said, will allow Breeze to throw a higher percentage completion rates and, and higher percentage plays um, and try to get those mismatches and create that kind of offense that I think was so successful. So uh, you make a great point. It doesn't necessarily mean that Breeze is throwing the ball less. Uh, it's just the style of the offense will lend itself to him taking less hits and uh, the efficiency just being less risky. Can you hang with us for a few minutes? Absolutely. All right. Let's go ahead and take a break, our final break. And when we return, we'll continue with Andrew Juge from the SaintsNation.com. You're listening to The Edge, brought to you by Dr. David Weber at North Monroe Animal Hospital and Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney at law. Back after this. The Louisiana summer is upon us. Kawasaki. And nothing says summer like a Kawasaki jet ski watercraft from McKinney Honda. Here's Richie McKinney. The waterways are waiting, but the savings won't. Right now, save $1,400 on remaining 2016 Kawasaki jet ski watercraft and save up to $1,000 on 2017 models. Summer fun starts with McKinney's, your outdoor superstore in Ruston. 2016 MSRP is $15,299 plus DTR and $375 destination charge. Last call. Quitting business sale ends this Saturday at Backers True Value in Ruston. It's all gotta go. This Wednesday and Thursday, most items storewide 80% off, including rentals. This Friday, most items storewide 90% off. This Saturday, $10 bag sale. Take one of our bags, fill it up, it's just 10 bucks. Hardware in the bins reduced daily till it's gone. Make us an offer on remaining guns, ammo, and bounce houses. The quitting business sale ends this Saturday at Backers True Value in Ruston. This is Steve Brennan with Brennan Dodge inviting you to the Peach Festival Rodeo this weekend. Check out our new Ram trucks and enter for giveaways during the rodeo. We've got great 4th of July sales event discounts starting this week through July 5th, including 4000 off 16 Wranglers, 6500 in rebates on 17 Ram 1500 Crew Bighorn, 4000 in rebates on 17 Ram 2500 Crew Diesel or Gas, 3750 in rebates on Grand Cherokee, and 5000 in rebates on 17 Chargers. So don't miss Peach Festival Rodeo and don't miss our 4th of July sales event at Brennan Dodge in Ruston. Hi, I'm Greg Tilly. My dad started our business when I was 15 years old. Wow, 39 years in business now. And the tradition continues with my son, Chris. Visit us today at our Bossier City or Shreveport locations or see our photo gallery at Tilly'sHomes.com. What does it take to live an uncommon life? Here's former Super Bowl winning coach Tony Dungy with today's Uncommon Moment. 
As important as I believe a shared vision is for leadership in an organization, there is something even more essential, character. Character affects how we interact with the people around us. If people aren't comfortable with their leaders, who they are and what they stand for, they won't stick around long enough to hear about and follow the vision. George Washington said, associate yourself with men of good quality if you esteem your own reputation, for it is better to be alone than in bad company. General Matthew Ridgway, the great American general who led the United Nations forces in the Korean War, rated character as one of the three core leadership skills. The Apostle Paul reminded believers that bad company corrupts good character. Tony Dungy. Discover more at CoachDungy.com. Living on the Edge makes weekdays more fun, especially when you're doing it with Terry Waldrop. Welcome back to The Edge on ESPN 97.7. Welcome back to the final segment today on this rainy, windy Thursday. Uh, you're lucky you're not down here, Andrew. Andrew Juge from the SaintsNation.com with us. Uh, he's uh, camping out up in Virginia while we're dealing with uh, Tropical Storm Cindy. Uh, down here it's supposed to get worse as the day goes along not better um andrew i wanted to ask you something real quick uh and then i'll let uh, and then i'll let jamie he's got a question for you one of the things kind of an extension of what we were just talking about just uh, just an opinion question what do you look for once camp starts how do you think as far you know every team i'm uh, trying to think about how to word this every team just about deals with some kind of of um, traumatic training camp injury to one of their starters that puts mm-hmm. somebody out for the season that they don't expect to be gone or have to replace. How do you think that they will deal with the backfield, Drew Brees, Adrian Peterson, uh, not just during the preseason games, but as far as you were talking about, well, they hadn't put pads on yet. How's Adrian Peterson going to do with the knee? How much do you think these guys will first participate and then, especially in the early preseason games, how much will they actually see the field to try to keep them uh, to be able to play in that first game? Yeah, there's definitely a snap count um, that you have to be careful about. You don't want to overwork the players and you want to make sure you keep them healthy. At the same time, this is a 7-9 and team. Um, so I think he, they don't really know what they have. And I, there are so many young players on this roster, and I don't know that they know what they have with Adrian Peterson. You know, So even with some of the older players, uh, they don't really know what they have. So uh, I don't think they have the luxury. Now, I know Adrian Peterson throughout his career has never really played in preseason. Uh, the Vikings knew what they had in him. He was a superstar. They couldn't risk injury. Um, I think with the Saints, they kind of need to find out how much of a workload can he take? Um, and so to, to be able to uncover that, I think it's going to take time in training camp, time in these preseason games to kind of look, see how he's moving, see how he's taking hits, and see how comfortable he is out there. So I, I expect uh, – now with Breeze, uh, you know, that's a different story. And to me, I think you saw last preseason, uh, you know, the minute they get a good drive or two out of Breeze, he's out of there. Uh, and it doesn't really matter if it's the, now the fourth preseason game, he doesn't play at all. But usually in that second and third preseason game, he may just play, he may play a full quarter if the offense is struggling a little bit, um, or if they get two good series, a touchdown and a field goal, they're pulling. Um, so that, that's kind of what I expect with Breeze. 
Um, but I, I think globally, again, going back to that statement, I, I just think they don't know enough about the team at seven and nine uh, for several years now uh, to really trust that they can count on anyone, and they need to answer some questions in training camp. Um, as far as what I'm looking forward to, there are so many storylines. I mean, I, you know, you could go up and down the roster. Uh, there are so many captivating uh, storylines to kind of go through. I'm really excited. Holy Kikaha, to me, was such an exciting player as a rookie, and he was a guy that I really felt like could have been a star for the Saints um, if they put him in the right position and played him right. Uh, obviously, the injury last year was devastating for him, so I'm really looking forward to seeing him and seeing how he can do. Uh, this rookie class, I think, has the potential to be tremendous. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at Marshawn Latimer, your first-round pick, a corner that by all accounts has every measurable you would need to be a superstar corner, I want to see how he does, particularly going up against his former teammate, Michael Thomas, in camp. Um, you know, Seeing those two square off, I think, will be really interesting. And if Lattimore can get the better of some of those battles, uh, that's going to be a really good test for him to get him ready for the NFL season. Um, and then, of course, you know, you're looking at some of the other guys. Uh, really excited to see what Alvin Kamara can do in this offense. And, uh, of course, you know, you've got Marcus Williams. Um, Brian Ramchek, the, the tackle, they're going to be counting on him, obviously, with Toronto Armstead injured. Uh, so his development at left tackle is going to be a big storyline as well. You know, Andrew, you brought up uh... – you and Mark both really brought up about injuries and how, uh, you know, there always seems to be something uh, that's traumatic. You know, we already know about Nick Fairley. Uh, we mm-hmm. know about Max Unger. And, and we know about Teron Armstead. But uh, you're talking about snap counts and uh, what do you do in the preseason and, and keeping Drew healthy. Uh, somewhat surprising, um, the signing of Ryan Nassib. Uh, does this signal the end of the Grayson uh, Garrett Grayson ex- uh, experiment or – uh, do they try, try to uh, give him as much, uh, you know, snaps in the preseason and see where that falls? Yeah, I never say never. Uh, if he's on the roster, that means he is, he's got a chance to compete. He's got a chance to play in some preseason games. And, you know, things could always change. You know, if he plays lights out, and uh, then maybe the Saints kind of second-guess uh, the direction that they're going and, and things change. Uh, but right now, I, I think the writing's on the wall for Garrett Grayson, absolutely. I think uh, I think the writing was on the wall, quite frankly, when he didn't play well in preseason last year, uh, and the Saints released him for this 53-man roster cuts. Uh, he ends up coming back to the Saints on the practice squad, but at that point, uh, they kind of let it be known that they were willing to risk making him available to all the other teams in the league uh, to pick up off of waivers. Now, nobody picked him up, uh, but uh, at that point, the Saints we're willing to admit that it, it was a bad pick and that um, he just hasn't developed to their liking. So uh, I think it's pretty much all said and done at this point with Garrett Grayson, barring, again, of course, a tremendous training camp uh, and a complete transformation of the player. Uh, with Ryan Nassib, I don't have high expectations for him, but he's, he's a nice prospect and he's a guy that the Saints really like. Um, you know, I, I don't know that Chase Daniel has a lock on that backup quarterback position. I certainly think Nassib can come in and compete for that. Uh, remember, Nassib was the backup to Eli Manning for many years in New York, and he was a quarterback that they really liked really up until last year. And last year he, he had a horrific preseason, uh, really struggled, which was kind of a surprise because Nassib has always played well for the Giants in preseason and kind of spot duty during the regular season. But uh, he, he he was terrific last preseason, and then uh, 
over the course of the year he got injured uh, to his throwing elbow. And so the combination of those two things led the Giants to think, okay, maybe we need to go look and get a different different backup quarterback to Eli Manning. So they went ahead and did that. Uh, but Nassib could bounce back, and he's he has some NFL game day experience, um, and he's been a backup for a while. So that's going to be an interesting battle between him and Chase Daniel. Uh, obviously, I think the big advantage for Daniel is having been in this system. He knows all the terminology. He's super comfortable in New Orleans, so that's obviously a big advantage for him. Well, Andrew, we appreciate it very much, and we I'll uh, get with you, and hopefully we can have you on again next week as uh, Jamie and I finish our last week here on the edge. Our host, Terry Waldrop, is over. He's roughing it over in Hawaii at a, at a two-week basketball <laughs> basketball camp. So uh, we're sitting back here dealing with the tropical storm while he's over in Hawaii. I was going to say, it sounds like Terry uh, times his, uh, his trip pretty well. Yes, uh, he does. But, uh, Hey, listen, you guys be safe. Thanks for having me on the edge. And uh, I know, uh, you know, obviously uh, the Louisiana community in general is uh, kind of fighting through this storm right now. So, uh, you know, my family's all in in the New Orleans area and Baton Rouge area, and uh, they're affected as well. So um, best wishes to you guys. Be safe and uh, hope that uh, everything is smooth on the other side of this thing. And, Andrew, tell everybody about the site. Thank you. It's thesaintsnation.com, and uh, we update daily. You can also check us out on Twitter, at SaintsNationBLG. Thanks, Andrew. Have a great day, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Anytime, guys. Thank you. Andrew is fabulous. We are so yes, for- he is. We are so fortunate to have uh, Andrew on all of our shows here on ESPN 97.7. That'll do it for us here on The Edge today. Mark Kramer, Jamie Foxx, we'll be back with you again tomorrow to wrap up the week here on The Edge. Everybody stay safe out there and uh, keep everybody in your thoughts and prayers as we deal with a storm coming closer and closer to us as today and tomorrow rolls on. So don't Mark, for- I want to uh, yes, leave without that programming note. Yes. Uh, Go ahead. About, uh, about the uh, LSU game tomorrow. Right. Uh, I think uh, pregame's at 1.30. Uh, Sean will be on from 11 uh, to about 1.30 or so, 11 to 1. Sports company. For sure. Sports company, yes, abbreviated version tomorrow. Uh, and then, uh, of course, it'll be the game will be carried here on ESPN 97.7. And so be listening also this afternoon. Uh, he'll, I don't know they'll, if he'll replay the Chris Blair interview, but uh, a lot of Tiger baseball uh, today, this afternoon starting at 3, and then tomorrow – uh, be listening for the game uh, on ESPN 97.7. Tigers have to win to stay in the College World Series. That's right. Plan on having lunch with Sean Fox tomorrow on the Sports Company from 11 to 1.30. Jamie, thanks again, and we will be back tomorrow morning with another edition of The Edge here on ESPN 97.7. Don't live life safe. Live it on the edge. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to The Edge with Terry Waldrop. No matter what the topic, Terry will take it all. He's not scared, and you better not be either. We want to see you right back here every single weekday from 9 to 10 a.m. on ESPN 977 and ESPN977.com.